Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh. Got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. My name is David William Hanrady and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 91 of the No Encore Music Podcast. It's our last traditional episode before we take a break for the year. Not for our year, but for this year. It's 2017. If you think that's confusing, wait till we get to the Spotify segment. Colin O'Regan. Hello, how's it going? Craig Fitzpatrick. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the time this episode goes <laughs> out, the quiz will have happened, and I don't know who won it, but we'll, I guess we'll know tomorrow night. When yes, we congratulations to them. Congratulations, quiz winners, and I'm, I, I hope it went off without a hitch. In the meantime, the first thing to talk about on this show is a very solemn occasion, guys. Right. It's roving reporter David Anthony Tappy's final ever roving report. What? Ever? As a 26-year-old man. Oh, how does it go on? Well, let's let him take you somewhere else. <laughs> take you somewhere nice. Here's David Tapley. Hello, faithful listeners of No Encore. You will be listening to this on Friday. By this time, I will have been crowned King Victor of the No Encore Quiz of the Year with my quiz team, Crooked Hillary. And at this time, I will be 27 years old. But for now, at time of recording, this is David Tapley, age 26. And I'm here to talk to you today about a concert I went to see on Sunday in the Bhutan factory. The Canadian rock band, Destroyer. The show 
was very good. There was not a lot of people there because everyone was losing their minds in Dingle. But those of us who were still in Dublin dying of FOMO, we were at the Button Factory to witness Dan Behar and his gang of trusty sidekicks pounding Peroni after Peroni, playing their smooth jazz yacht rock cocaine influenced jams from about the time of nine o'clock till half ten i give this show five peronis out of five thank you this has been david tapley now age 27 that was David Happy, age 26, now age 27. He was at the quiz. Did he win? I don't know, because we're recording on Wednesday. And that's yeah, why happy birthday, he'll Blake, know if least. he's listening. Yeah, he'll know. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, confusing. Destroyer. Craig, why weren't you there, mate? Because my life is no longer my own. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Under People are under a lot of stress these days. So I hear, yeah, me. I've heard that. Um, but uh, we're getting there. 21st of December, I will be work-free. Speaking of, by the way, people under a lot of stress these days, what do you think about Sight and Sound magazine putting Twin Peaks as their number two film of the year? Well, it's not a film, is it? As much as I love it. So, you're a bunch of idiots. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Uh, No, that's just nonsense. I'm okay with it. Cinematic release, surely, no? Friend of the show, Mark Conroy, is very upset. Look at me straight to DVD, perhaps, but nonetheless. It's Sight and Sound magazine. Do they not have a kind of thing where it's almost like Cannes, where it has to have a theatrical run? Well, clearly they don't, but you would think they would, no? You'd think at least like it would just a have film. to be a well, film. Well, what is a film? <laughs> He's getting deep. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting, it's getting philosophical yeah. now. Do they usually what get made for TV films? Like It was referred to as an 18 film during the course of its run. The reason we're talking about Twin Peaks, of course, because we love the Twin Peaks do, chatter yeah. that we have on occasion. But nonetheless, we got to move on, because it's a swift show, a lot upon us. And what's almost <laughs> upon us as well, lads, is Listmas. You're the only person I know that likes this. I'm not the only person that likes more this. Work no, I, I mean, I haven't met any of the people who do then. <laughs> I'll introduce you. Next week Don't on No Encore, them. we will bring you our top 20... Are we doing songs first? Songs, songs first. Top always. 20 songs of the year, and then the following week, the top 20 albums of the year. Yes, I know all the other lists are done, and now ours looks like it doesn't matter, but it does matter because it's the best fucking one. The plus, we waited, so... Yeah. You know. Traditional. Yeah, yeah. There could be something Anything new on it. Happen. You'd never know. I'm pretty much ready. I'm pretty much ready. But that's for there another. Will be nothing new on it. So. <laughs> that's for another show. But for this show, let's get to the news. Spotify has been dominating the news agenda this They've week. They've done their end of the year list. They have. Do you and want to talk about early it? in December? <laughs> uh, unsurprisingly, Ed Sheeran <laughs> yeah. has been named uh, the most streamed artist globally on a year that he released an album. That's very predictable. Frankly, I'm sure he's up there when he doesn't release albums as well. He'll, uh, be, on, he'll be on Eminem's. The album usual next suspects week. are also around Drake, The Weeknd, Kendrick Lamar, and Shane Smokers at the top five. Uh, Dua Lipa, uh, the most popular female streaming in the UK, at least. Um, basically just because of new rules yeah I mean so, I think for the reason for that big pause was because we all just looked at the top of the story and saw Ed Sheeran and were like ugh yeah and I yeah. mean it's wildly <laughs> predictable in, in, in that respect um Despacito has two of the most streamed song sections it's impressive isn't it yeah just the song itself and then a remix of it um, How do we feel about Despacito as we approach the end of the year I think <sighs> it's fine it never bothered me or, or wowed me either way I think it's a good accolade and breakthrough for Latin music on a world stage that's pretty cool yeah Yeah. it is cool actually I could say the same for a lot of these kind of artists and songs in terms of shape view aside which I do not like I'm a bit meh about a lot of it you know what I mean there's nothing really that I hate there's nothing that I go oh yeah of course that's contained well this is what I want to ask before we do our last two shows the year has it been a good year 
for music. I would contend that it has. It hasn't been a great year. No. It would, last year, I think, trumps it, definitely. Um, there's been there's been a lot of kind of very good stuff, but nothing... I don't know. I don't know, I don't know I, if there's I, been many classics. I, I'll put yeah. it this way, and, and I don't want to give too much away in terms of my end-of-year lists oh, here, oh. but I would say that... It's been a phenomenal year at what you would call like second stage level if B you're putting a festival yes. together. Yeah. Like, you know, the, these are the sort of like electric arena acts have released phenomenal albums. So someone like, you know, the War and Drugs, Grizzly Bear, these sort of bands, Broken Social Scene, Phoenix, Giving us a list. Combs top three? No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not going in any particular order there. Um, but it is top three. But, you know, those sorts of bands have released great records, whereas the sort of the headline, the marquee acts, as it were, have probably been pretty mediocre. I think so, and that's totally fair. Yeah. It's been a very interesting year. Uh, it's not a great year for film either, just kind of pop culture year where not a lot shone that brightly. So we hope you enjoyed the quiz. Well, hang on. Um, <laughs> on the subject of Spotify, they have done their um, incredible uh, rollout of their 2017 Wrapped yeah. feature, which is where you go onto your Spotify and you go into Browse and then into Genres, scroll down, See a box there with pink and green and red colours on it. It says 2017 wrapped. And if you click into it, you'll have two playlists for you. One is your, your top songs of the year, like 100 songs that you played the most this year, I guess. And the other is like the ones that got away. And I clicked into that one being like, what's going to be in here? And yeah. I was met immediately with St. Vincent. And I was like, it can fucking stay yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand that. why they have that feature where it's just like, it's clearly stuff you listen to a few times and didn't like. Why are they forcing it back on me? Sure. I, I also a, yeah. would like to talk about this whole genre uh, kerfuffle. Because oh, yeah, of course you would. Well, I would because... Um, at the moment, lads, uh, let, me, let me just double check this again. Uh, put out a tweet Are you yesterday. Counting your impressions put again. Put out a Dave. tweet yesterday, right? And I said, uh, WTF, as in what the fuck? Yeah, I got that. Is Stomp and Holler. Stomp and Holler is in my top five genres that I listened to this year. And yeah. I don't know how that is, because what the fuck is it, number one? Uh, but I put out a tweet, you know, like at this, you know, took a screenshot of my top genres, which were modern rock, industrial rock. Indie R&B, Alternative Rock, and Stomp and Holler. And someone put it in, like, one of those Twitter moments things. And at the moment, I have 587 likes, 47 retweets, and an endless amount of people quoting my tweet and basically telling me what it means. Uh, it's drip-feed-like notifications, and it's driving me nuts. Hold on, what does oh, it mean? Oh, yeah, you sound yeah, troubled yeah, yeah. by it, Dave. Poor Dave Can making we get an waves update? on what's social the, media. Over now? Yeah, just well, that a... was the accurate number, but in terms of impressions, I heard uh, someone ask there, this ago. is this is there painful are, like <laughs> uh, this wh- is like the time that Dave's Instagram got like hacked or fished or whatever and oh, just yeah, got yeah, yeah. thousands of likes a minute uh, my tweet has been seen 126,287 times and has been engaged with five and a half thousand times well, well done <sighs> If only I got paid for it. But I did write a piece about this. Do you this. reckon, like, next year, Twitter going bankrupt? Maybe I hope so. I actually wouldn't exist, be. Colin, what do you reckon? Oh, I'm, da- I'm <laughs> down Dave with it, to be perfectly so. honest. <laughs> like, it seems, seems, seems like a terrible, terrible place. I wrote a piece on this, though. I wrote a piece on Spotify. Yeah, please, what is Stomping Hollow? Yeah, yeah this, this is the thing. I wrote a piece for Joe.ie. If you go on to Joe.ie and Google Spotify... That's not how it works. Websites. I was just about to say, I'm this really is like tired. my mother trying God, to explain I'm really how to use a computer. I'm tired, man. I, I, I Go work, to the Googles I'm and extreme, check your emails. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I've had a very long week. Like, I've been working 
Like every hour that God sends me, okay? Look, Craig you work is five going five days Dave, a week. Dave, just morning, right? I'm going Dave, to Craig, kill you. Craig is going to stab you here. Yeah. I haven't had a minute. This is my downtime. So the piece on Joe.ie is entitled What the Hell is Stomp and Holler and Why Does Spotify Insist That You Love It? I intentionally picked the most douchebag image possible yeah. for the main thing. It's some guy on a bus with his foot on a bar shouting, stomping and hollering, as it were. And um, yeah, so, so I created, recreated it on the dart home. I, I really enjoyed that. So uh, some of the other titles that are coming is up it just R and B? No, Stomp and Holler is a, is, is folk music. Yeah. So oh, okay. the Lumineers of Mo- of Monsters uh-huh. and Men. That's what I would have figured. Like, sure. Okay, so they have like a they have Neo Mello, which is Ed Sheeran basically. Right. They have Permanent Neo Wave. Mello. Yeah, Neo Mello. Right. They have Permanent Wave. That just sounds like a hairstyling product. Can you guess who Permanent Wave is? No. Craig, um, uh, we hated the, we hated their album. Oh, um, no, go ahead. Arcade Fire. What? Permanent Wave. I, it doesn't mean that there's flux work as well. These oh, is that a, it's a play on New Wave. The is reason it? the reason that we're saying this is because so. Spotify currently has it's around modern New Wave, just under fourteen hundred categorized genres, yeah. uh, all made up by a man. By the I'd name. say he is crack at parties. His name is Glenn McDonald. He's a Harvard graduate, and his official title at Spotify is I love this. Data. Alchemist. Yeah. Like I say, crack at parties. So, yeah, I wrote a long piece <laughs> about that so on Joe. And uh, <laughs> if you want to go and read that, you can. Because I suffered for my art, lads. That's what I did. I put myself oh, out there. Schnuckums. I put myself out there into the world. And I listened to what the world had to tell me. And I used some of the quotes in the piece. Like, it's a really. It, yeah. it's, a, it, it's, all, it's an all around synergetic engagement. It's a journey into your soul, Dave. <laughs> yeah, well, my brain hurts, so let's talk about I also just want to say, before, before <laughs> oh, we do. That, that helps. Before we do, I just want to say that I, according to Spotify, I listened to over 63,000 minutes of music. But I kind of basically sold out and went to Apple Music in like September so uh, it's hard to keep track of my internet presence unless you go to I think Twitter I've got to say I don't care. care you're the most tracked man online I truly don't <laughs> yeah uh, let's talk about Bitcoin I can remember Craig having to explain it to us slowly when he was a business journalist uh, can you different still, life can you still remember bits of it's a cryptocurrency let's move on yeah. Lily Allen Lily Allen uh, said that she once turned down uh, getting paid for a gig in Bitcoin uh, it would have been hundreds of thousands of apparently um, she said this three years ago there's a reason why we're saying it now is because someone has worked out what it would what it would be today. Yeah. yeah. So would, any, so put down that tweet. Anyone, you know, we know it's from 2014, and it was worth now 1.68 billion pounds. Oh, it's a lot of it's money. Incredible. It's a lot of money. Yeah. I listened to Lily Allen on a podcast recently. That one that James O'Brien does, and it was quite an entertaining listen. She's been through the mill. Very interesting person, and continues to fight her battles. And the end of the interview was very interesting because he asked her. You know, what would you tell you 10 years ago when, you know, you joked about going on a coke binge and in, like, in an enemy interview at a festival backstage and then it was like front page of the fucking news of the world the next day? What would you tell that girl who was afraid and who was like stitched up by the tabloids? And I thought she was going to go, you know, I'm, you know, it, it, I owned it and, you know, yeah. like, don't worry, you know, young girl, you're going to be this tough badass. But she goes, it gets a lot harder. <laughs> I was like, Fuck. It does, yeah. It gets worse and worse. That's what yeah, I've heard. Well, 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 I mean, I mean, That's been my experience. It should be said there that... Craig's wearing his hood up for the first time ever in the studio. There's something going on. She is probably one of the better self-pityers around. I mean, she tweeted that she was going to be left homeless because some tenants that she'd rented an apartment to needed a couple of extra days before they've moved out. Oh. As though she couldn't get a hotel for a day or two while Not she with waited. Bitcoin, like, that's for sure. 
Yeah, well, like I say, yeah, uh, 1.68 billion she turned down, and it's a sad story, and that's why all our proceeds from last night's <laughs> quiz are going oh, no, away. She's worth about 15 million yeah. pounds. And also, get up the yard, Lily. And also, like, you know what? Maybe if she got that Bitcoin, she would have took a different like turn on a street corner, and been hit by a bus. Like, it could have been a sliding door type thing. Where, you know what I mean? you, this, so she doesn't know. This college experience just really don't is know, making Lily. you very dark. All it together, all worked out. <laughs> it all works out. <laughs> oh, oh, what a knee slapper that song was! I'm singing the Riptide movement. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. Remember that video, that weird video, with Amy Huberman, where basically, like, you know, the oh yeah, it's, uh, it was in a hospital. Was there a wedding? No, no, no. no she's, she's, in an a, she's, she's in a She's in a psychiatric yeah, hospital. Yeah, that's a J. Yeah. And basically, they give her medication, which makes her stop hearing and seeing the Riptide movement. I can't remember it. That and then well. at the very, very end of it, she leaves because she's all better now, and you know this because the color correction in the thing is like normal as opposed right. to blue tinted. And then she's leaving, and she looks a bit down, despite being quote unquote better. And then the reptile movement slowly emerged out of the trees, and she smiles knowingly. And I was like, "So hang on a minute." The reptile movement had put out a video that basically infers that in order to really enjoy the reptile movement, you have to have serious psychiatric problems. <laughs> Maybe that one wasn't such a good idea. But then yeah. again, it was on a bank ad, so I guess they're laughing with their coins, bit or otherwise. As long as Amy Huberman, as long as Amy Huberman <laughs> didn't like turn around and run right back in, like. <laughs> All right, if uh, Lillian did still have the 1.68 billion burning a hole in her pocket, uh, she could probably follow the lead of Elon Musk, who's doing a very Elon Musk thing. Loving this link. Uh, Seamless link. If anybody isn't familiar, he's head of SpaceX. He's Is he head of Tesla? Yeah. Um, yeah. You tell me, mate. <laughs> Hyperloop, which is absolutely fantastic. It's basically the idea they're just going to shoot people around in capsules. It's great. As a form of transport. Yeah. I know a bloke who's invested in it. He's, he's also uh, he's also invested in like you know that the youngest self-made billionaire according to Forbes is a guy from Limerick and his yeah. brother yeah one the co- Stripe is it uh, Stripe is, is the platform yeah. his name is Jack something uh, Jack, Jack, Jack Collison yeah and his brother uh, whose name I can't remember point is uh, lads if you're listening and you like music <laughs> podcasts <laughs> yeah give us a shout give us a shout yeah yeah. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, Elon Musk um, pinning his own musical tastes to the mast, so to speak, or pinning them to uh, a rocket, basically. Um, they are blasting Falcon Heavy into uh, space, and it will carry a Tesla blasting Roadster. Blasting Falcon Heavy sounds like a Monster Magnet album title. <laughs> <laughs> With Nikki Six. Yeah, um, but it will be playing uh, David Bowie's Space Odyssey. 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 Jesus Christ. Man's uh, only dead two years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this because, you know why? Because it's not fucking Colonel Chris Hadfield and that video that wouldn't go away. I think he's starting Uh, to go away a bit. He he got very annoying for a moment. Ironic enough for a man who's left the planet numerous (laughs) times. It's it's not a very inspired choice, though, is it? No, it's it's really uninspired. He should have gone with Alfie by Lily Allen. (laughs) Also, I mean, it's saying, like, you know, it's going to be in deep space for a billion years or so. But, That's grand. But, like, it's not going to keep playing, is it? We won't know, because we'll all be dead. Yeah. <laughs> this is tough for you. Oh my God. I mean, I mean, it just, it sounds like, yeah, I guess it sounds like something that only somebody with a ludicrous amount of money would really think about doing. Yeah. It reminds me of, like, something that used to be on, like, Dave Gutterman's Genius. Do you remember that? It was a radio show where it was, like, people come up with ideas like, you know, 99-meter platform shoes for 100-meter sprinters. So that all they needed to do was just fall over and they'd win. Uh, Very clever. But they're obviously not going to work in practice because you'd die. And in this case, uh, it will not keep playing Space Oddity. Can I just say, with all this talk of death and with Craig's also, you know, difficult college days, I'd like to just pause the news section for a moment and read out sure. some words that I've written down. 
This one is called The Trick to Holding On. Let go of the ones who hurt you. Let go of the ones you outgrow. Let go of the words they hurl your way as you're walking out the door. The only thing cut and dry in this hedge maze life is the fact that their words will cut, but your tears will dry. They don't tell you this when you were young. You can't hold on to everything. Can't show up for everyone. You pick your poison or your cure. Phone numbers you know by heart and the ones you don't answer anymore. Hold on to the faint recognition in the eye of a stranger as it catches you in its lustrous net. How quickly we become intertwined. How wonderful it is to forget. All the times your intuition fails you, but it hasn't killed you yet. Hold on to childlike whims and moonlight swims and your blazing self-respect. And if you drive the roads of this town, ones you've gone down so many times before, flash back to all the times life nearly ran you off the road. But tonight your hand is steady. Suddenly you'll know the trick to holding on was all that letting go. Oh, finally, that Vogue subscription comes Not in. my words, but the words of Taylor Swift with her exclusive poem for Vogue magazine. She's not a robot. She's God, got feelings. stuff. Yeah, it's not great. It's no, not good, it's is not. it? Put to music. <laughs> Might be okay. Might be bearable. It kind of felt like we were slipping into the U2 review, but anyway. We'll get yeah, there. We'll get there, don't worry. Meanwhile, Jesus, Colin, steer we'll get this, there. News, uh, this news ship back to safety. Oh, yeah, um, very safe ground here, all right. Brian Singer um, is in the news. He has been fired from the Queen biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody. Shocking. Um, yeah, basically, he'd been fighting with the lead, uh, Rami Malek, but... That's definitely it, the it, reason. It's apparently not because of that, actually. It's because he hasn't been turning up to set. That's definitely the reason. That's definitely the reason, yeah. He took time it, off to... Apparently, he's, health, he's, he's, he's a very sick. ill parent, and he's, he's apparently sick as well. Uh, but it's interesting that this would happen, given mm-hmm. the current climate that we're in. Yeah, we don't know. And I mean, That's all I'm going to say on that one. Well, also, this Queen biopic... <laughs> is clearly cursed and destined never to happen, right? Never I mean, this yeah, has been yeah. in the world for, for years and years. Sacha like Baron Cohen something. was supposed yeah. to play Freddie Mercury back in the day, but like, he fell out with Brian May. Because yeah, Brian that was May, in 2010. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Brian May was all like, you know... I, do you reckon Brian May was like, no, hang on, it should be about me as well? Uh, he's got um, a fucking huge ego. He's not, remember, remember him like banging on a bit like first class and like... Yeah. How like he didn't get treated well enough? In oh the yeah, it's like, he, he, but he's, he's like, all about the badgers, saving badgers and stuff, which so. is good. But yeah. I wish he'd fucking cut his hair. Um, <laughs> it's gross. But uh, yeah, this project. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, you so much yeah. This project. I, I, I sound like Garth Crooks criticizing Paul Pogba. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really Brian May let those you know not gonna let his curls blind my vision of his guitar skills. But why does he choose to present himself as an adolescent? He's clearly in his 60s or 70s. Uh, yeah, this project has been in development hell for some time, and mm. Brian Singer, um, yeah, Google him. That's all I'll say. Let's Just- move on to other <laughs> film news while we're in this uh, particular area, by the way. And yeah, Dave, I know that yesterday you were ringing Hollywood production assistants trying to find out whether we were being wound up or not. I was, yeah, because this story broke... Um, the website Birth Movies Death, which is a decent enough film website, took a story that appeared on a website called The Tracking Board, which appears to be a Hollywood insider thing, which is incredibly industry-focused. Mm. Like, you would obviously, if you were in Hollywood working as an agent or something, you would obviously have a subscription to this website, because it's all about, here's the new project that's being greenlit. There's no fucking, like, you know, editorializing. There's no uh, purple prose. It's just straight-up information. Yeah. So a story broke on, an exclusive story broke on that website, essentially saying that an independent filmmaker is making a new film called Do They Know It's Murder? 
Set during the recording of the 1984 Band-Aid classic Do They Know It's Christmas, as songwriter Bob Geldof discovers a dead body and must find out who killed the star without derailing the song. So, yes, they're making a murder mystery movie in which Bob Geldof has to find out who done it while recording Band-Aid, and presumably one of the people killed is, like, Sting or Bono or something. So- I kind of like it. I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> I am there opening fucking day. And uh, shout out to the listener of the show, Kieran Conliffe, who actually uh, put this in in my viewfinder on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, but because I saw this story, I was like, this is clearly not real. Like, this yeah. is clearly an Onion story. This can't be real. And I wanted to write up a quick story on it. So I was like, well, I better do my fucking due diligence here. So I picked up the phone and I rang Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. And I rang uh, the Gotham Group, who are co-producers on this film, if this story is to be accurate. And I asked if I could speak to... Uh, oh, get to the point, <laughs> One of the producers, and I was basically... Uh, I ended up talking to a very jaded production assistant who didn't want to help me whatsoever, mm. was really unaccommodating. I sent. She was like, can you email me? So I emailed her, and she didn't reply. And I rang back two hours later, and she was like, yeah, I forwarded it. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, right Do you know if anyone will get back? Now, right. Uh, well, can you just give me a shout if um, if, if if there's any developments? I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, "Ground, okay." Well, that story's not getting done because so, I couldn't confirm it. So, and I wasn't going to go to fucking print without checking my sources, man. I also reached out to publishing uh, it as opposed <laughs> to printing. It. <laughs> let me have this one, would you? Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not fucking spotlight over here. You know, who'd play Bob Geldof? Oh, Bob uh, Geldof. I saw a great one, John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. I think it should be Bob Geldof. <laughs> no, I, I think digitally it, altered to look younger. That'd yeah, be great. No, like a Johnny Depp sort of a thing is just kind of predictable, isn't it? Johnny Depp's too old. He's too old. Give, yeah. give the, oh, well, sorry, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, it's Bob in the eighties. Yeah, still, I think you could really man. get the kind of give us your fucking money because, like, let's say he was not a youthful man even then. Like, mm. so no, he wasn't. I um, think I think he'd do good. I hope this is real. I really want to see it. It sounds way too good to be true. I can't imagine Bob Geldof even knows about it. It just seems like a wind up. But I don't know. I why think like Kate Blanchett for Bob Geldof. Yeah, what because she played Bob Dylan. Yeah, I think okay, she could do it. Right. I think she could do it. Tilda Swinton. Oh, that's it that's actually it let's yeah. make this movie yeah, yeah let's yeah. I, I'm willing to get involved with you guys are we're going to start a GoFundMe uh, all proceeds from last night's quiz will go to if you want to donate Bitcoin is acceptable yeah but I, 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 I hope it's real I really wish she had a fucking got back to me because I was like come on like publicity surely yeah. you want it out there in the, in the, in the internet ether I've got, maybe they'll get back once it's in production all those, all those impressions I've got on Twitter I could have oh. made this the next big thing how many now do we have a stop it stop <laughs> don't it check, do don't not check. encourage don't him <laughs> I'm going to play a song go on we're into the songs of the week folk and we start songs of the week folk with uh, stop and holler I think you mean <laughs> yeah we start with a strange one it's called Coldplay it's not by Coldplay though it's by Mr. Hudson featuring Vic Mensa Coldplay but today I need Coldplay Twisted silence Please decipher We can still try Too young to die Shoelaces tied Taxis outside We can still try I left you in tears at the airport, crying inside, but I ain't make a sound. It's ironic, not even TSA. Yeah, these guys combined on uh, Vic's EP earlier this year, the manuscript, uh, paying the favour back, I suppose, on a Mr. Hudson release here. 
Basically, it's about listening to Coldplay when you don't like Coldplay, a song that I guess Dave can... Uh, well, I was going to say, if you needed any further proof of my influence, look no further. Oh, Jesus. You think they literally hopped in the studio, what, a man, three weeks ago? <laughs> a man writes a listicle about Coldplay, Dave, and two I'm weeks later... I'm not even going to the pub if you keep going. Two weeks this. later, the <laughs> Mr. Hudson and Vic Benson drop a song called Coldplay. Are you telling me that that's a coincidence? Yes. Get out of town. <laughs> oh, you you think, kind of do like Coldplay. I do, yeah. yeah. They're, they're overhated, for sure. Yeah, so you don't hate Coldplay. But I maintain as it says, and I do love that moment in the song when it's just Vic like, Benson. hey, Coldplay. <laughs> yeah, Vic Benson goes, <laughs> like, really like, have uh, to stress. Yeah. It's this is the greatest diss track I've heard all year because that's what it is clearly yeah. like they're just like fuck it we just rag on Coldplay well, why there's not a, there, I mean there's a certain level of begrudging respect here isn't there to how well Coldplay have captured a certain sound now yeah. granted and again, it's kind of dark and depressing yeah one. a line where like Vic's like you know you got nothing else to do but listen to Fix You and I fucking hate Coldplay uh, his delivery is hilarious because Mr. Hudson previously was like it, it, there's a the, the, the triplet is like what is it it's, uh, yeah I'm going to listen to Coldplay uh, yeah, it keeps referencing Coldplay. I, I it's don't just even like, like Coldplay. Yeah, but I have to listen to Coldplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way I that don't he even says like Coldplay, it, but I have to. Yeah. Johnny Burrell would be proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be proud of that paragraph, that stanza, whatever it's called. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was fun in a hilarious way, but also quite well written. I yeah, kind of agree, yeah. I mean, like, musically, it's not a shocker by any means. No. And I guess any danger of it just becoming a little too sentimental and schmaltzy and stuff is saved by the fact that there's just Roy humour running through the whole thing in the form of diss and Coldplay. Yeah, I don't know if they quite have the cred to be totally diss and Coldplay because, I mean, their stuff is kind of safe. Even Vicks. I mean, you know, I, I did like the autobiography, but... yeah. I mean, he does lean on a lot of kind of middle-of-the-road tropes, and I could totally see him being a Coldplay fan. I As like for Mr. Hudson, no, I but mean... Like, we're not brought back a little bit to Mr. Hudson's participation on 808s and Heartbreak here? Yeah, I mean, he did co-produce Streetlights, which is fantastic, but I can't forgive him for Supernova. <laughs> Fair Chance enough. to get it right now. Yeah. Chance. This was uh, an enjoyable curio. Uh Okay, not quite <laughs> in the same league in terms of playing it safe. Juicy J has teamed up with Cardi B for a song called Kama Sutra. If you are listening to this in an office, I recommend pausing, putting the headphones in, and starting again because it sounds like this. Coleman's advice is definitely to be heeded because you said this to me earlier on today, right? Then when I went to take my lunch, I was walking out like just towards the shop or whatever and I went to put on this song in my headphones and because my phone was like devices available, I thought that like the first 30 seconds were actually playing on my laptop in a full office because this song sounds like either GCJ or Cardi B or both of them (laughs) heard Run the Jewels Love Again for the first time and went hold my beer (laughs) because fucking hell it comes to play yeah yeah. 
I it, think I brought this song to the party and then I listened to it. <laughs> and I was like, hold on, what have I just said, guys? Uh, yeah. A lean week for songs and we're doing our best. <laughs> yeah. Getting the Christmas mood. Um, it's one for the lovers, I suppose. I was going to say, yeah, the Richard Ashcroft song for the lovers. <laughs> office parties, surely, uh, this is one for the playlists. Um, Not in the I current mean, climate, <laughs> office parties. Song for the lovers. I mean, you know what? Like, Give it a couple of years. They, they both want to be fucked all night, so thank God. Well, they have each other, right? <laughs> you know, that's the one positive you can take from this. You like listen to this song, and you're like, this just this just sounds exhausting. Oh no, absolutely, <laughs> it sounds terribly inconveniencing. To be honest, like yeah, I mean, Cardi Sore. B's got form, right? I mean, wasn't she? she what? Well, I mean, she started. She kind of came to notoriety as like an Instagram stripper, right? Yes, precisely. Yeah, yeah. so that's her, that's her thing. I think there's a sample of her just talking about you know how she's good at rapping and do, doing other stuff at from her time. Instagram days. Yeah, Juicy J. I don't know, like his. I'm not too okay with his. <laughs> deal yeah um you know that kind of southern rap thing which is usually a little more sophisticated possibly Jesus. i did do, i did do some checking because i wasn't keeping up with like what he's been at lately yeah. um so his last album or his new album is rubber band business which is kind of par for the course can you say that again please rubber band business thanks <laughs> right and previous to that his kind of last exposure was um, he was nominated for a favourite song of the year at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards oh, yes. in 2015 two for two maybe uh, I <laughs> do you like think the this idea. is going to be following towards the Nickelodeon Awards I hope to Christ not <laughs> it gives a, a a whole new <laughs> definition on Nickelodeon slime and oh, gunge oh, I think oh, they do those shows hang on a second uh, I like the idea of Jessie J fans typing in Jessie J wrong yes. into Spotify yeah. and her heartbeats as she calls them because she's a fucking idiot yeah. uh, I also like this. the idea of big fans uh, going to Lyrics Genius and uh, getting the lyrics to this song actually written out they are quite the sight folks if you want to check it out Let's have something else. Mm. Let's definitely have something else. And a bit of a blast from the past, a band who were tipped for huge things back in the day. Never quite materialised, but maybe it should. There's a spectre. It's called Untitled in D. Switch on your Spectre, not to be confused with Spectre, the James Bond film, which wasn't very good. Aren't you Phil Spectre? And he was I, a murderer. He was, not, <laughs> he was also not very good, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I recall We Hate Movies talking about uh, Spectre, the film, and how the, the title song by Sam Smith was yep. so bad, and that the, they were like, why didn't they just have someone be like, he's the Spectre, everybody? And I was like, that works! I've had that in my head for like two years, better than writing on the fucking wall. Uh, Spectre are an English indie band, and before we go any further, Craig... Yes. You talked to Fred McPherson. Yeah, I did. Frontman. Five years ago now, and he was very charismatic, very good interviewee. He's one, like, you know, good with a kind of quip You're or a line. serial killers and stuff, weren't you? Hmm? You're talking about serial killers or something? We were talking about serial killers. We are talking about how he formed the band, and he's just, yeah, like, he's kind of quirky. He's He wants to give you good kind of copy and good quote, which is always appreciated. Always welcome, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he seemed, like, destined to be a bit of a character on the scene. And, to back it up, actually, they had quite a number of tunes on Chevy that Chevy Thunder debut, was yeah. their kind of breakthrough song, and it was 
I made a bit of a splash, I suppose. And yeah, enjoy while it lasts. Like the debut album had a few stormers on there. There were w- well written songs. It wasn't just like the landfill indie stuff. But I it think, didn't really take off. I think "Gray Suit and Tie" is a gem of yeah, a song. Yeah. Then they kind of disappeared for a while because it didn't quite go massive. And then they came back with a single called "All the Sad Young Men," which was great, and an yeah. album which I didn't really pay attention to. Now they're back again with another decent single. And mm-hmm. again, I feel like if the aforementioned songs didn't propel them, this won't. Yeah, know, that's sadly, the problem, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, even this was kind of like debuted, I think, on with um, Hugh Edwards, who frankly has been championing them nonstop since 2012. He was the guy kind of putting them on the sound of 2012 list and, yeah. you know, de- debuting songs on the show back then. I mean, obviously, if you like those, there's a lot to like here. And I really like it, I must say. But yeah, it's really good. It's probably not going to change their fortunes, is it? No, it's yeah, it's, it's got kind of big hooks, um, big chorus. It's smart as well. Is there really a... It's really, oh, really, really clever lyrically. Yeah, like, I enjoyed yeah. it. Are you tired of your timeline? Well, I certainly am. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, no, but like ev- just, everything, you know, like in the out-of-office email, the expired rail card, um, but yeah, I it, called the AA and I didn't know which one. It, it, like, there's great lines throughout and it's obviously this. really tough to take that subject matter and make it kind of seamless and not awkward. And yeah. as we've see, you know seen some examples of it done badly... Um, is there like an audience for this kind of stuff? I don't See, know. They I seem a bit out that, of like, time. I was going to say like, like with yeah. those little details that you mentioned there, those kind of little human details, and the fact that Craig, you you got on so well with them, like, it's almost like he's a fucking journalist with a band. Sure, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. not sure. the easiest and sexiest sell unless you're a journalist. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. there's no. Worked there for the Pet Shop Boys, but <laughs> and Morrissey, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah. He but yeah, I mean, I just think that you know it's mid-level indie. They're not going to go any further than they have. Yeah. Glad they're around. I mean, I like. I think it's really good, though. And, I, I mean, I don't know, because, like, there's, there's enough of a chorus here in terms of size and being memorable, and it even follows those little rules of, you know, like, each chorus is slightly different. Yeah. So that it's memorable without ever being repetitive. And You'd hope they'd be, it, like, a, a couple of tunes would be picked up for kind of placements and, like, ads or whatever on, it, you know, exactly, soccer yeah. AM type stuff, and they just can keep doing what they're doing because it's good. Yeah. Let's Sounds get very good to me. Soccer, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just to kind of pay the bills. So- soccer PM. News night. <laughs> They're presenting a soccer PM soon. What? Yeah. I How is it taking them this off. long? Someone be like, I've got it. <laughs> I think I think there's just a hole in the schedule, mate. Um, okay, let's have another song. And I wonder if Robbie Williams was starting his career now, what he'd sound like. This, probably. Does it even matter anyway? We're dancing on tables and I'm off my face With all of my people And it couldn't get better, they say We're singing to last call And it's all out of tune Should be laughing but there's something wrong Ellie hits me when the lights go on Shit, maybe I miss you Just like that and I'm sober Oh, Louis. That's Louis Tomlinson of One Direction fame. And I've mentioned him on the show before. He seems like a very sensitive and smart young man. <laughs> yeah, did a really good interview with The Guardian a while ago when he came across like a very lovely chap. Yeah. But what's gone wrong here? So, uh, yeah, that song is called Shots, 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 Lads, Lads, Lads. <laughs> Sorry, no, actually, Miss You is what it's called. I, I had the working title in front of me there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can imagine as well, as this opens with, Is It My Imagination? Liam Gallagher sitting bolt upright and just going, What the fuck is that? <laughs> Okay. Uh, I need to give a shout out. Okay. I need to give a shout out to Rory Cashin because earlier on he said to me, "Oh, have you heard that new Louis Tomlinson song? It's uh, I think it's called Hey, it's great being famous, but you know what? It's also not that great." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not good. 
No, it's not good. I think you're being very harsh on Robbie Williams. This is like this is yeah, the Brian McFadden school. Do you think this is like <laughs> first Robbie Williams album? That kind of like you know, he, yeah, but not, he's not, not like, take that go, anymore. He's like, skulling cans of festivals and he's up for the laugh. But he's sure, also got a bit of a sense like because we've all been. But hurt, Robbie Williams we? has like a bit of star presence or something. Do you know what I mean? There, I like, like, yeah, yeah. This is very annoying. <laughs> this is really annoying. The one thing, the one thing that I'll say, not even in defence, so to speak, but at least it's not pretending to be anything. As like, like you know, it has no pre- pretenses of being mature or serious. It or has anything nothing. Like that. It has no identity. He did a song with uh, Bebe Rexa before, yeah, and she seems to be the go-to feature person these days. And I don't recall that being, but it was very different to this. In as much as that was like straight up pop, exactly what you think it would be yeah. with a feature. And this is like. It's, I want to get the lads who shop at Jack Jones on my side. Yeah, like, it's got a bit of kind of, like, dirty guitar, but it just ends up sounding like the watered-down, like, Harry Styles guitar moments on his album, do you know what I mean? Which is already watered-down, like, Motley Crue. Much, and then there's kind of like, Yeah, and then there's, like, kind of the acoustic strumming, which is just, like, watered-down Ed Sheeran or something. And then the tone is kind of like he's, I don't know, for auditioning. Of, for those of you who, for whom Ed Sheeran was too intense... <laughs> yeah. He's kind of trying Neo to adopt Mello. this persona of being like, I don't know, if there's like a reboot of the reboot of Alfie, he might get like a callback, but not quite get the part. Jesus. Yeah, that's pretty grim. I mean, look, <laughs> like I say, if you look into this guy as a person, you kind of want him to succeed. But look, whenever a boy band or a girl band breaks up, there's usually one person who comes out of it on top, maybe two, sure. sometimes none. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a couple of people who just completely fall yeah. by the wayside. And Louis appears to be the guy who's going to be, he's going to be the obvious. He's the fall guy. He's the obvious fall guy because you've got Zane doing his kind of artistic stuff. So it doesn't really matter if he is like selling out stadiums. Yeah, that's yeah. all he's trying to do. Harry Styles is fucking massive. Mm. Uh, Niall Horan's obviously big enough, uh, big in the States as well, apparently. Yeah. And Liam Payne has got the really shit, like, dance floor top 40 thing going on. Right, He's married okay, to Cheryl yeah. Cole, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, so Louis Thompson's the, he's the fall guy. a celebrity done, like... Yeah, but, I mean, like... The thing and is, I feel he, really he, fucking sorry for him, because, like, that interview, like, I keep I keep mentioning, he talks about how he's the weakest one, and he's got the weakest voice and the weakest presence, and, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's... It, that's what's happening here. It probably is, but you know what? I mean, like, again, I mean, like, A, you know, he's, he's doing okay. He's a millionaire, he's yeah. Grand. Can, yeah. And secondly, it's just, like... You don't have to be a pop star. He'll go into acting. He'll be on ITV for the next decade That's or two. It. Or, just go in, or just go into <laughs> some like light entertainment TV or some shit like that, you know? Flip you could picture him being Ant and or Deck. Um, he'll be pitching up at the Queen Vic. He will be... <laughs> here's my prediction. He'll be the new Ollie Murs in terms of having just... There you go. There you go. A, a, there TV, you go yeah. a TV career, but Ollie oh, Murs... What are they going to do with Ollie Murs? <laughs> uh, Put him out to pasture, yeah. I guess. I assume yeah. it's like some Logan's Run situation which he's murdered when he turns 30. <laughs> I'm pitching a reality show where he goes in search of Leona Lewis yeah. from last week. <laughs> Can it be called Ollie, 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 Oi, Oi, Oi? Yeah, uh, why not? Cool. We'll work on that as well as our uh, Bob Geldof film. Lots happening here on the creative front, but there's one more song to go. It's going to be a busy Christmas break. Craig Fitzpatrick, you chose this one as well, so why don't you lead it in? Yeah, this is Policia. Are we pronouncing it like that? Yeah, you just did. <laughs> I think you just did, yeah. Featuring Stargaze. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's Agree. Uh, it's the first song we're hearing from this collaboration between um, a kind of primarily known for their synthy stuff, an American band, who've teamed up with this Berlin-based orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been a pains to kind of point out that they're not trying to do a thing where it's just orchestral stuff with like their own stuff piled on top. They want something that's more kind of um, natural and fits well together. Did it fit well together for you guys? I thought it absolutely did, yeah. I've, I've heard stuff that Stargaze have done before and it's probably not been entirely collaborative. I know they did like a bunch of stuff with Villagers yeah. um, in particular, but um, yeah, like um, Magnetic North, Own Palace, Lonely Deer, all sorts. Uh, I thought this was great and I must say I was very pleasantly surprised because I had heard the first song from this collaboration and it was this obscure like 10 minute abstract thing and you were just like uh, like A I'm not getting it and B I'm just I'm not seeing where there's a common ground between these two I don't see where it dovetails they did another it was a fucking Steve Reich song and it was just eight minutes of what sounded like them tuning up so I was (laughs) it's a very dad comment I did not have a lot of confidence going into this one um, I thought it was great. I think the vocals Turn sit with the there. strings perfectly. <laughs> oh, no, mate. Listen, you should have a listen to this. It is desperate. What? Really? The, the, the tuning up song. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant this. And I was like, I have listened oh, no, to this. Oh, no. This this is great. I'm all for this. I know. I've been busy. But, uh, I like this quite a bit. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, it's a bit slight. It feels more accomplished than flat out enjoyable. And again, you know, in that kind of heady, stomp and holler world that we live in, you got to kind of get to me pretty quickly for me to like the song. And I didn't quite click into it. It's good, though. It's very good. It's very well put together. Very nice, but it's not going to trouble my top 20 songs of the year coming next week. Yeah, it has a kind of pastoral thing to it. I like that it's kind of positive and upbeat. They sound like they released an album last year, United Crushers, which was very kind of dour and concerned with the state of the world being awful. And they've talked about feeling like they were under a lot of pressure with the album. They felt like it was their last chance. They felt isolated. This feels a lot more like they're ready to kind of obviously, well, they've been collaborating, but they've they've, they've kind of got a, a newfound purpose, I think, with this. And yeah, it is a bit slight, but um, it's it's good. It's nice. I like it. Okay, we have two albums this week, Miguel and U2. What should we start with? I don't The good one? (laughs) U2 it is. (laughs) This is American Soul, taken from Songs of Experience. See, I did the old switcheroo there. Yeah. Or did you? Well, you know, Bono's doing quite quite a switcheroo on this record because this album starts off, U2's 14th record, by the way, starts off, I have to stop saying record, your cousin said that I keep saying it on the show, and then I listened back to last week's episode and I said it about 19 times. Mm-hmm. Album, long player, uh, 14th studio effort by U2 here. Thank you. Starts off with a track called Love Is All We Have Left, and I really liked how it started. Bono, in this kind of glacial, not a million miles off Frank Ocean, Kanye West territory when they go there, 
bit of a vocoder going on. Yeah, and I was like, Bear, yeah. and I was like, this could really be something different yeah, and special. Saw described as Bono Iver the other day. Oh, really? I, I, was, spot this, on. I was like, this could be really cool and special, even if Bono's all over the ham-fisted lyrics. Like, I, I'm ready to tune into this world. And then we get Lights of Home, and it's like, you're like, what the fuck was that? So hang on, let me let me preface this. Let me preface this by saying. I did another thing this week. Ugh. I wrote a list. Right. I ranked all of 14 of U2's albums from worst to best for joe.ie. Go read it. And people weren't pleased, essentially. Um, I had someone I, on Twitter basically oh. say to me that... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Can you update oh. us on the impressions? Uh, it's up to 592 <laughs> likes at this stage. Uh, uh, someone on Twitter uh, said to me that... Uh, it goes, I-, I think what you meant to do here was uh, a songs list. You appear to be talking about songs more than albums. And I think what you meant was... So I replied to him and I was like, thanks for explaining my own piece to me, dude. I think I was mansplained to that day. Oh, Lord. Uh, no. And I also want to just note that the Facebook comments as well was what you think it might be. People saying that I used too many fancy words. They weren't happy. And one person said, who the fuck is Dave Hanrady? And I want to say... Dude, what- why are you looking at the Facebook comments that what way like lies madness how else Which, will he know about his impressions oh Craig oh my god I just, just no I know yeah I, I curiosity got the better of me I just want to say that to that person who said who the fuck is Dave Henry you're the one who dropped my fucking name you tosser oh my god oh I lord I don't like the way this is spilling no, over into the show this is let's get back to the album space. Yeah. <laughs> let's get back to the album let's get to this record um, yeah <laughs> it does start with Love is all we have left with that vocoder, and then it slips into, I suppose, what is more typical U2 fare. Yeah, like even with the vocoder, I was like, okay, musically, this is kind of interesting to me, but I couldn't get around the lyrics straight away when yeah. he's just like, you know, nothing to stop this being the best day ever. And from there, he's very much in. I feel like they want this to be another All That You Can't Leave Behind. Well, the background They're- to this album is that Bono had a bit of a brush with death. Actually, he had a couple of brushes with death, essentially. Like, yeah. And there was obviously the bike crash, and they almost, you know, fell out of a plane, and, and then he apparently had a very serious health scare which hasn't been fully revealed but is referenced in the liner notes of this album obviously went through some kind of harrowing experience and you know despite Bono's theatrical nonsense that we will all kind of speak to every now and then don't hate the guy and don't wish him any fucking ill health so seems like a good bloke but see this is the thing I mean like on this record I I said it again on this album I said that uh, I thought that rather there was a sincerity that both you know I, I quite admired in this because it does sound like someone who is kind of finding a new bit of life in it appreciates the fact that he's still walking around but it's that sincerity that also drags it down on a lot of songs and musically they make some very strange choices like there are some very obvious songs here where you're like well this never should have escaped demo status at all why are they going to this random stylistic thing here I mean okay so The Showman The Showman is one of of the worst songs it's terrible that is easily one of the better songs because (laughs) they're not taking themselves seriously funny it's It's like a little joke song but it's actually listenable it is like a joke song I mean it's like twist and shout style it was like like respite for me because it's surrounded by oh the edges doing the edge thing oh they're desperately trying to get a hit single yeah. oh they're trying to be universal and that's the thing like you know Bono's obviously been through the mill he's talked about it um, glad that he came out of it the other side but he doesn't for me it didn't seem like I wasn't making that connection with him on a personal level it seemed like he was constantly striving for like this universal appeal which you two always do but in a really kind of generic like hallmark way yeah this is this is one of my issues with this album yeah from the very start with Love Is All We Had Left and through some of the songs that we've talked about before like Get Out Of Your Own Way American Soul is the lead on as Dave correctly predicted a couple of weeks ago it is uh, featuring kind of Kendrick through with no gap uh, right around the centre of the album but he is trying to address the universal 
without ever sort of acknowledging that he's a bit outside of it. And mm. I mean, it's nowhere near as dramatic, but it is kind of like that Morrissey thing of like, he's just not really in touch anymore. And especially when you have somebody like Kendrick there, you're like, well, who's Bono to tell us about the realities of American soul and yeah. American life right now? And it's also- In fact, who is he to tell us about almost anything? Yeah. In 30 years since the Joshua Tree, basically, you've probably been further and further removed from the being able to have that sort of universality. American Soul, for me, it was just, like, so infuriating because the entire tune is them recycling, like, the middle eight of a song off the last record, which is, like, I like the kind of callbacks because they are supposed to be of a piece, Mm. you know, songs of innocence and songs of experience, but it's just like, well, maybe you just didn't have quite the tunes and also then the subject matter I mean how much does he have to harp on how much he loves the idea of like the idea of America and blah 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 he's been talking about it for 25 years and it's just some of the lines are just absolute clunkers American Soul also feels a little bit like the bigger older wiser brother of get on your boots like it has that kind of (laughs) there's a lot of those kind of moments there's a lot of that kind of riffage where you're just waiting for him to start shouting about you know a mole digging in a hole American soul I I like that that's better than ending with fucking refugee Jesus as he does here Uh, speaking of or or the or the the incredible <laughs> Red Flag Day. Which is, uh, yeah, I mean, Christ, how, oh God, how do this, you This one worked for me kind of as well. It seems to go from skinny dipping to dying refugees. I, I kind of understood what he was trying to do on this, though. And leads to the middle age by saying the one word the sea can't say is no. Oh, yeah. Which is preposterous. <laughs> the sea can't say many words. In fact, any words. <laughs> Not just true. no. At least the melody was good. Ah, was it? I, I got what he was trying to do with the lyric on that. I mean, yeah, to, be, was, to be fair, this is the thing you see. Like, you can always see what they are trying to do because, as we've all said, they're nothing if not earnest. This is hard-on-sleeve stuff. Yeah. Well, can I just read the following bit from the AV Club's review, mm-hmm. which says, Even Red Flag Day, a track with garage rock intentions and crowd pogoing potential, screeches to a halt as Bono sings, So many lost in the sea last night, one word the ca- that the sea can't say is no. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, you no. guessed it. It's a toe-tapper about Syrian refugees drowning in the Mediterranean. Yeah, yeah but again, I, I, I kind of... I like the idea of doing an ostensibly upbeat kind of rock song that can get people moving where the lyric is actually a play on the desperate situation. Like, that kind of makes sense. I mean, that's a kind of classic rock thing when it's done well, but then he just is... It's beset by major problems in the actual writing of the lyric. Yeah, I agree. Um, But, yeah, the band don't sound particularly inspired either. I mean, The Edge, he's either doing that garage rock thing, which, I mean, when he had that kind of documentary thing with... um, Jimmy Page and Jack White. He's thrown a lot of Jack White moves, I think, at times, um, which is probably the most enjoyable thing. When he's not yeah. doing that, he's very much default edge mode. And it's not, it doesn't work for me anymore. It's just like chimey, yeah. echoey nothingness. I want to note that I don't hate this album, and I went from not hating it to feeling sorry for it. Mm. Yeah, there, there's an element of that. And like you say, again, it's, it's because you know you can see there's effort here. And you can see that there's honesty here. Unfortunately, it seems to be, I think, a combination of that there's some things that they just don't have anymore. There's some things that have probably just outlived their shelf life to an extent. And there's also just a certain fascination with trying to be 
more than they are or something different than they are right now? I mean, what, like, what I really want to know is, like, and especially on an album called Songs of Experience, surely this is the album where you two tell some of their stories. And not just about Bono falling in love with his wife. That's probably the only one that we see, and frankly, we see it quite a bit in this record. But... Like, nobody can tell me that, like, their worldview and that their experiences aren't going to be rather unique, rather different. I was reminded of uh, a lyric that I picked out when we we reviewed Vince Staples a couple of months ago, which was this deja vu vu with a Bayside view. Mm. And it's like, if Bono took on some of these, you know, big universal issues while acknowledging that he's far removed from them, then yeah. there could be value in that. But Instead, I, he's kind of this pontificating sort of prophet that just doesn't work. Yeah, like, I think actually the last record was far better, and there I've just said a record, Dave, you're off the hook, it's now me that's been infected. Um, it got a lot of stick, obviously, because of the whole release thing and blah, 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 but it worked better for me because there was those kind of songs where they very specifically looked at kind of they were looking back on that occasion it was like the Raised by Wolves where they took actual incidents he wrote like proper narratives he got like kind of into details and it, it was all the better for it it wasn't yeah. this like kind of Bono's little book of wisdom you know what I mean yeah absolutely can I ask the question then has he slash they but mostly here I suppose have they run out of things to write about has He's, it happened 14 albums in I mean this is the thing I don't believe so, but he's certainly, like, like he basically, he's going back to a well that's now empty. I don't think that's the only source of material that he has, but right now, yeah, this, this furrow has been ploughed. I, th- I think because of the reaction to the last record, they're trying to get people back on side. I think they're looking for a hit single, and I think they want this album to be something that works really well live. They want it to be a big communal thing, and it's just like, hey, we're actually the uplifting guys. Again, as I said it, they when they had that kind of moment, that renaissance with all that you can't leave behind, where there was it was kind of like post nine yeah. eleven, you know, America really embraced them. They want to recreate that, but they don't quite have the songs. Yeah, I kept thinking uh, every now and then of like Metallica, Saint Anger, and how that went down with their fan base, and how they were just turned on. And then they came out with Death Magnetic, and it was clearly mm. fuck. Let's do like a Kill 'Em All style album, so that yeah. the fans win them back on side. And you know, we won't try that again. We would, Jesus, we we won't fucking st- color outside the lines again. We we've learned our lesson, and we're sorry. Yeah. And this feels like that as well without the tunes. I yeah, I fully agree because even like the singles, like you know, um, get it off your own way, which obviously we think is hilarious, and uh, you know, the little things to give away the black, even the blackout, like blackout, like is a fun little stomper. But then you just think about "Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me," which is like five hundred times the song, and right. you're like, you already have this, did it a lot better. I mean, I like you two are like they're cynical by definition, almost like they can't escape cynicism because of the moves that they made over the years to protect themselves in various different circumstances. Sure, musically, you want them to be a bit more bold. You accept that they're probably not going to be that way, but then you read the interviews with them, and you don't, I, you got to wonder, like whether it's you two or a filmmaker who's made twenty films or a, or a novelist or it whatever. must be really hard for that, them. Yeah. and also. Is it a case of you just don't see it? You think you're actually operating the peak of your yeah, this, yeah. Or, you're un- this, or, or you're unwilling to admit it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's a combination of those. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, there's no doubt that you end up living in a bubble to a certain extent. This is where perhaps working with some different producers might be a good idea in the future. I know they're back with Jack Knife Lee and a couple of people who've they worked yeah, with before. And it seems like a real mishmash here again, which is maybe they need someone to properly steer the ship and put the foot down at times. And yeah. like, yeah. Perhaps so, or or indeed, you know, I mean, the other thing is that, 
increasingly now we talk about Bono and the other three, and you wonder whether the kind of loss of the communal experience, so to speak, for the band has kind of had uh, an impact in that as well. Yeah, I think this album starts well. I think it ends well. I think Thirteen There Is Light is a lovely song. I think yeah, it's, I think it's yeah, yeah. And yeah. again, calling back to the last record uh, song for someone, kind of just you know that mantra and it's recontextualized. I like that they tried to do that, but. Yeah, it's just the execution, I guess. Yeah, what's in between is messy, awkward, and kind of chasing trends. And, you know, look, it's no disaster. I, I can't agree with the reviews they are saying it's trash. I cannot agree with the reviews they are saying it's a fucking 9 out of 10. It's a 5 out of 10 for me. And, you know, better luck next time, lads. Change it up a bit, please. That's exactly what I have written down. You can see my note, like, countdown if you want. I believe you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to go 5.5 because it's just slightly above. You know, there's a certain level. It's It's not bad at all, but it's just very beige for me all right let's bring the room up it's miguel the album's called war and leisure and let's have caramella duro Yeah, there you go. Getting a bit Latin. Well, I decided, why not? Um, <laughs> it's a bit of an outlier, in a way. It is, very much so, yeah. In that it's in Spanish. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's cut to the quick here. Miguel, uh, Craig's a big fan. I, I've kind of been exposed to him because of that over the years. This is his fourth album. Mm. A lot of reviews with this are kind of leading with, is he the new prince? And I think that that's a bit of a tag that will obviously drag anyone down. But I think he's strong enough to kind of like take it and run with it because this is a really good album. Yeah. It's a really fun listen. The songs are tight as fuck. He has an incredible presence. Uh, I really enjoy listening to this. Here's the thing. I really enjoyed this album for what it is. It, it, it is, as you say, it's really tight, it's really fun, so on and so forth. The thing is, he said that he was going to make a political record <laughs> and <laughs> that he was going to address these big issues. And he didn't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he didn't. And you see, and there's enough times in this record, it seems, where there are certain lyrics. Um, a track like Criminal, where, you know, he's alluding to TNT and Columbine and stuff, but it's just how sick his beats are, like. And, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, dude. Like, it's such a great song, though, as yeah, well. And yeah, and a song like Banana Clip, which is about, like, you know, firing bullets and, like, you know, but the Banana Clip, that's slang for, like, a giant magazine for an automatic weapon. But it's I know. Just a, but, it's just a, <laughs> but it's just about the ferocity of his love for his girl. And it's like, has he bottled this? Was he going to be referencing guns and ammunition and politics and so on They're and so forth? And genocide, and maybe. Then just thought, oh, people are not going to buy this record if I do. I, d- I don't think it's a bottle job. I think this was his intention. I think he's trying to meld those two worlds. He's, he talks about yeah. the two extremes. 
Um, so maybe I mean, in that case, it's, it's a failure because he hasn't done that. Um, lyrically, yeah. I mean, like there's a, for example, City of Angels, which is mm-hmm. him basically talking about how when there's a massive disaster in Los Angeles, he's cheating on his missus at the time. Yeah, yeah, and. It's again. It's a great tune. It's and very it's a, Frank Ocean. It's a very impassioned vocal, but I just kept thinking, well, you're very passionate about this hypothetical situation in a post-apocalyptic world that yeah. hasn't actually happened. Like, what are you actually saying? Like, there's a lot of shit that he could write about that actually did. Hey, happen. Craig, can you stop saying it hasn't actually happened? Because Brexit means Brexit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you might be proved right on that one yet. Though. I might. Just, I fucking hope yeah. you are. By the yeah. way, yeah. Needless to say, I will have the last. I laugh. mean, I even wonder if he kind of handpicked and indeed guided some of the guest artists because I mean, Rick Ross and J Cole. Okay, Rick Ross, not too much. J Cole, a little more. Moves towards that more political territory, so to speak. Yeah. Also, Miguel doesn't have to. And it's weird for me to be using this criticism because, like I say, I really like this album. It sounds fantastic. I just wonder if... It's surface level, though. That's that's the problem. Yeah, Yeah, but and the other thing is that, like, has he actually missed his own mark here? Do you think he he didn't shoot a shot? Yeah, exactly. Like, is this a failure? Um, Is is this a mishit? I think this is exactly what he wanted. You're doing what I do all the time. What are you doing? Do the pointing. No, not that. What? What are you doing with the album? think you always say this to me not always sometimes you are you're not reviewing what it is you're reviewing what it isn't sure i know what you mean yeah (laughs) right back at you buddy it's true yeah but it's just the fact that you know like he'd said like this stated intention (laughs) promised me but no but his his stated intention was to make a political record and it doesn't and like the videos are highly politicized Mm. all separate medium mate but like yeah and indeed speaking of which I mean all of his uh, social media and so on and so forth again highly politicised yeah and yeah the fact that this doesn't doesn't fit in there that's why I kind of wonder yeah no I agree and that's probably why he's not actually the new prince but musically I mean there's no denying he's a- absolutely fantastic prince made a lot of really oh, dodgy great. albums though, though oh yeah okay sorry uh, he's not prince in the 80s oh of course not uh, Jesus Christ <laughs> and he never yeah. fucking will be because nobody will be like I mean like no uh, I will say but like let's give the devil his due because he has got tremendous presence and uh, Louise Britton in the Irish Times had an excellent line in the opening line of her review she said uh, Miguel's voice sounds like a, a, a cold can of coke slowly being poured over ice I'm like that's a good fucking line a little bit yeah I think um, I, I like I think he definitely has a particular strength in the kind of mid-tempo. This is the thing. And when he wears that, when he just goes back to it again and again and again, it's fantastic. Yeah, um, I I think so. Uh, He's kind of, I don't know, when he tries to stretch himself, and maybe this is what you're getting uh, with the political stuff, he seems a bit out of his comfort zone. And yeah, he does have tremendous presence. He's got a wonderful voice. But as a personality, as a character, as a lyricist, he kind of skirts the edge of greatness. Like, do you know what I mean? He's not quite... Even if we talk of someone like... Like, I'm constantly thinking, why isn't he a bigger star? Right. And there's been comparisons like, why isn't he like a Bruno Mars? Right. We've talked previously about how someone like Anderson Pack should be the new Bruno Mars. And for me, Anderson Pack is the full package. When I listen to him, I'm captivated. He's saying something of real substance. I don't get that from Miguel. What I get from him is really, really smooth soul. And when he takes on things like, you know, rockier stuff, like I love that criminal thing. I think Rick Ross nails it as well. He's exceedingly good. Travis he, Scott is really good on this record. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. Skywalker. 
Yeah, and you know, but and it's the likes of Pineapple Skies. It's like he talks about Pineapple Skies being that tune where it's like, you know what? It's everything is going to be all right. And yeah. that well, he, he says himself that wasn't what I was going for with the album. But actually, sometimes you just need to get really high. And I think he's that guy that is like reassuring you. It's like everything should be a bit sexy and a bit chill and a bit all right. Yeah. And he nails that thing. This he's, is the thing. He's an ideas man at a party, but the next day don't ask him to actually do it. Essentially, <laughs> a, a bit. Yeah. Commit yeah. to it fully. Well, this is the thing. Yeah, just commit to it. I feel yeah like I, I, I genuinely think that if this guy operates and okay you, you won't say forever because otherwise we'd be sitting here in 10 years going okay we've heard this one before sure but you know you know what your comfort zone is very clearly yeah and you also know that you're able to nail it again and again so i feel as though that's what he should be doing here and i feel that any effort to go outside it is almost just it, it, it's sticking out like a sore thumb. Yeah. I mean, that said, it's it's a gorgeous listen. I really think it has nice. a trio of songs that will be there with his absolute best. I mean, Pineapple Skies, Banana Clip, and Told You So For Me are just knockouts. Yeah. And the rest are like... There's there's a lot of very, very good stuff on this. It's a great listen, but I don't know if it's a great album. I fully agree with all of those words. I also like how it ends. I think Now is a very nice yeah, way to now sign off. Nice really yeah. good song. Yeah, again, it just feels like the depth isn't quite here. Maybe it will be someday, but apart from that, all the fucking boxes are ticked. 7.5. Yeah, 7.5 is a lot for me. I think it's like it's a it's an eight. I think probably. I thought it was. Then I was like, I don't think it is. I can't it's give a seven point eight. <laughs> uh, I can't give an eight to something. I'll like, meet you in the middle, Craig. Seven point eight. <laughs> can't Do you g- mean I feel it's like I would very much recommend this. I enjoy listening to it. I'm like, I keep fully recommend it. it, but I can't go anywhere. I'm like, if there's a lack, there's a lack of substance issue, and I, and I kind of feel like it needs a bit more about it. But as a presentation, <laughs> it's fucking. T- top stuff I'll give them eight because it's Christmas it's not really <laughs> Christmas yet I know but okay uh, okay so I listened to you 2 and I listened to Glass sorry I fucked it up even going to start again I listened to you 2 and I listened to Miguel and I listened to Glassjaw all three of which in quick succession over the weekend and that's a hell of a trip titch let me tell you and uh, the Glassjaw album which referenced on the show last week Material Control their first album in 15 years they've got Billy Reimer from the Dillinger Escape Plan on drums which I didn't know going in and it was a nice thing to find out Uh, the album's about 35 minutes long Uh, it feels like one long song Um, it feels like they just recorded like in one take in in a rehearsal room in Brooklyn and I really dig it. I think it's really fun to listen to, but at the same time, there are structural problems. Daryl Palumbo tries some vocals here and there that aren't, they just don't work. He sh- I don't know what he was thinking. The songs aren't really about anything. I mean, like, this is a very fun listen if you're into that kind of thing and you want something to just kind of jazz you up and give you some energy. Really well executed. Great to have them back. Great to hear from them. Great that they sound healthy and stuff, but this isn't an album that will go down in any kind of great canon, but it's a... F- it's a really good surface listen, so, you know, give it a go. Um, I hadn't realised that Baxter Jury, um, son of Ian Jury, released an album a couple of months ago, so I was pleasantly surprised because he does some great work when he's bothered actually making music. Um, so very much, like, recommending Prince of Tears. It's only 29 minutes long, Dave, you'll be happy to hear. Excellent. It's a great length for an album. That's fantastic. That's great. He's kind of becoming the English, like, Serge Gainsbourg. There's a lot of strings on, on it. Yeah, that spoken word thing. No, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, and, yeah, heartedly recommend it. I... Had my parents up here for the weekend and I had to go to Ikea and stuff, so I listened to nothing apart from you two and Miguel, to be perfectly it's honest. Fine. That's fine. Well, you know, you can listen to, listen to the revisit, 1989. It came it's out true. today of Already recording. 
Uh, you did do the image for him. It's greatly appreciated. 1989, with a panel that includes Dan Hegarty, Neve Farrell from Ham Sandwich, Quiva Barry from Wyvern Lingo, and of course, Kieran McGuinness and myself. We discuss albums from 1989, including The Pogues, Stano, Mary Black, The Four, Four of, of Us... us. And Gilbert O'Sullivan. Yeah, a lot on my mind, guys. I apologise. Uh, but I won't apologise. Actually, no, I will. I, I think I might have been a little bit obnoxious in this episode, and I'm sorry if I was. I was just trying to laugh at myself by, you know... <laughs> Promoting yourself. Uh, like, it became a thing, and I, I, I was just, it's too much, you know? Like, I mean, like, like I'm not actually that guy. Come it's on. okay, Dave. It's Christmas. It's not Christmas. You cheered me up. That's the main thing, isn't okay. it? This is all about cheering Two me up. Two episodes to go, and then we're out for 2017. Exit music, though, of course, is always new Irish music. A band by the name of Silverbacks. If you've never heard them and you like some, you know, raw kind of Glassjaw-style rock, they don't sound like Glassjaw, but they are raw, and they sound like rock. I'm not sure what the fucking data alchemist at Spotify would fall them under. That's a story for another day. Maybe they can get them on the phone. This follows on from this summer's Sink the Fat Moon EP. The band are in fine fettle, according to their press release, taking a more direct but no less effective approach to their off-kilter indie rock. This song is called Just for a Better View. The band are called Silverbacks. My name is David Hanready. Craig Fitzpatrick and Colin Morrigan are my friends what's up hey this has been no encore there will be no encore see you next week for the first of our lists of 2017 
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Enjoy. Thanks. E order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot, Neil. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher. Because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.